It's good. It sucked. It's meh. Everyone has an opinion, but only I have the balls to tell you the truth as I see it. You want to know how good a movie really is? Well, sit back, kick your feet up, because you're about to witness a common man's review. Let's get this mother started out right as another past and present movie review episode begins now. What's up, it's your boy, you we're back with another past and present review episode, and today we're going to talk about Masters of the Universe Revolution. So, I'm going to be honest, I probably should have watched the previous season before actually watching this one again, because I was a little lost at the beginning, but He-Man is back, and this time he's going to battle uh, Skeletor, or Skeletech, depending on which version of Skeletor you're talking about here, and... The first season, I actually didn't have a problem with the first season, but I know a lot of people had a problem with Tila being really the main character. He-Man was kind of put on the back burner for a lot of the season, and Tila became the main focal point. And I understand that, you know, the reason we watch this is for He-Man, but let's be honest, the name of the show is Masters of the Universe. It's not He-Man. And the Masters of the Universe, like the animation we used to watch, this is actually Masters of the Universe, which means they can technically follow any one of these characters into adventure. And so the first season just chose to talk about Tila more than He-Man. Well, for those who were upset with that, be happy because this season they actually have more He-Man um in the show so that's a good thing uh, it's not as long as the first season so maybe they just ran out of adventures for he-man but other than that um this season here i think was a great addition so what you have here is he-man at the beginning they're basically rescuing two of their members from i guess this versions of hell i don't know the souls just got trapped there so they go into their version of hell they save their two of their friends and that's pretty much how the season starts however the king gets sick and he eventually dies and so now adam has to decide for some reason either he's going to be the action adventure he-man or prince adam as the king he can't be both according to his father i think that's one of the dumbest things humanly possible but whatever um at his father's funeral when he's making his declaration and talking about he has to accept the crown he wasn't really enthused about that um keldor who was the king's brother bastard brother comes back and says he should have the crown well initially says he should have the crown then he says i didn't come here for the crown and then there is a battle between skeletor which keldor wins the eternia people's um good faith as he helps knock out one of these technical monsters or whatever he also earns he-man's trust as well and they decide that keldor should be the a king and he man should continue to serve as his role as the champion of Eternia. So it was one of the most predictable storylines that Keldor wasn't what he seems, and we end up finding out that Keldor is actually Skeletor, who is actually Keldor, and there'll be more talk on that in a moment. <laughs> 
So, in anyways, um, to get the hero distracted, Keldor sends Hemel on a mission to attack Snake Mountain. And while he's away, the motherboard chick, who Skeletor is actually working for, takes over Castle Grayskull, sucking all the power out and making He-Man, Prince Adam. And that's where we lie with He-Man thus far in the story. While all that's going on, uh, Teela, who I totally forgot was a sorceress <laughs> after the last season, she's on a mission of her own to restore Preternia, which is where all the good souls go after they die. And it was destroyed in the previous season. So she's on a mission trying to figure out how to restore all of that. And in order to do that, she needs to get these three powers together. Now, she already has one power. The second power is this snake magic power. And this third power is the staff that Skeletor um, holds. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. So her mission leads her to Granmere, Granamere, I believe it is. I think I'm pronouncing it correct. And he's a dying dragon who has the ability to uh, imbue the snake power to whoever he wants. And he really doesn't want to give it to humans after what they did the last time they had it. And she also runs into Evil Lynn, who basically for her penance is trying to nurse uh, Granamere, I guess, into his final days or what have you. And... She eventually ends up helping Tila and convincing Granamir about the power. And, you know, they go into a little training session or what have you. Meanwhile, back in the main storyline, uh, Prince Adam is taken prisoner. He finds out that Skeletor was, in fact, Keldor. And the, the reason I wanted to talk about that is, so Skeletor thinks he's basically acting as Keldor. He thinks that it was just a BS thing that um, Motherboard came up with, but actually Motherboard works for uh, Hordak, which Keith David voices. I, I recognize that voice as soon as this man opened his mouth. I mean, Keith David is such a star, but <laughs> let me keep going with the story. So anyways, Skeletor is actually the third person in command with all of this, and it comes to find out that not only is Keldor a real person, but Skeletor really was Keldor. <laughs> so he really was the king's brother. He His mind just forgot it because Motherboard did something to it. It's really crazy. So he actually was acting like a person that he actually was. So just put it like that. But um, as you know, bad guys, of course, cannot you know just settle for anything so of course Skeletor uh, betrays Motherboard he kills her and then he wants to fight Hordak and that's where the battle ensues him and Hordak are fighting Prince Adam finds a way to escape um, Gwildor actually from the Masters of the Universe movie is actually in this too and his point is to alter He-Man's sword to be able to cure this virus that the Motherboard and their folks give out to regular humans and so we were able to see him. He gets the sword back. He-Man becomes He-Man again. And the battle is on for Eternia as um, He-Man and his group are fighting the Horde and who are ran by Hordak. Um, 
Hordak, like I said, is defeated by Skeletor. Now Skeletor has Hordak's power. Um, Evil Lynn finds a way to literally cut the staff out of Skeletor, which is one of the weirdest scenes in the show. She does that and then takes off to be able to give Tila the power to create Preternia. So Tila in this battle, for some reason, she just had to do this right now for some reason, is trying to create Preternia. He-Man is trying to fight Skeletor with the assistance from his father's spirit he's able to win they basically he stabs Skeletor sucking all the tech out of him making him back to his normal Keldor self which is crazy and of course He-Man wins the day there is a B storyline about He-Man and Tila kind of fighting their feelings their flirtatious feelings um, at the end though Skeletor is imprisoned in Castle Grayskull um, He-Man and Tila kind of walk off together and He-Man decides not to be king and decides to let the people govern themselves. He says it should be governed by the people and then Hordak is being recovered by somebody, some mysterious person, maybe people who've actually are into the Masters of the Universe know exactly who that was. At the end, it was a female voice. She took off her helmet, but they didn't show her face and she's helping Hordak recover, meaning that there will be another season, or at least they're hoping for another season. So that's where we're at with the Masters of the Universe. Like I said, it was only five episodes this season, which is kind of bad. I really wish they would have um, extended a little bit, but sometimes when the story only calls for five episodes, it only calls for five episodes. And probably what he wanted to do was do a little more on Teela's journey, but we see how that went the previous season. All right, so some of the things I liked about it. I mean, this is some of the best uh, voice work that I've seen. Um, you have uh, Supergirl as Tila, uh, Melissa Benoist. <laughs> yeah, she plays Supergirl in the live action series. Um, and there's a couple voices that I really, um, you know, Queen Cersei. That I was like, that sounds like Queen Cersei. And I'd be damned if that wasn't her, just like Keith David. And of course, Mark Hamill, you know his voice. And matter of fact... Let me say this, and I might have mentioned this. I don't know. Did I review the last He-Man series? I can't remember, but if I didn't, Mark Hamill is playing Skeletor, Skeletech, or whatever you want to call him. He sounds like the Joker, okay? And I love Mark Hamill. He's one of the greatest voice actors of the Joker. He's probably one of the best Joker characters out there. And I'm talking about live action and everything. He's great. But Skeletor sounds like the Joker, okay? You cannot, if you listen to Skeletor, he sounds exactly like the Joker, and you will not get it out your head. And I like Mark Hamill, but I don't want to hear Skele-Joker, okay? I mean, that's literally the Joker talking. Even sometimes with the laugh, the, the evil laugh that he has, you could hear that Joker in there. And once you hear it, you cannot unhear it, so... Is what it is um, <laughs> in that aspect. But outside of that, pretty much um, all the voice actors are pretty good. They're very convincing. They're very fun. Um, I like the storyline, too. I think the whole point of He-Man having to choose was kind of ridiculous. Because I'm like, you can't have a king and a champion be one person. But he's the king. He can actually change the laws. And I never understand people who do that in these types of movies. They always talk about... Well, we have to follow tradition, but you're the damn king. You make the tradition. That's literally what you do. It's not like you have a board overseeing what you're doing. You're the king. So 
I don't know. I thought that was a pretty ridiculous decision. Uh, the Keldor whole thing with uh, the brother and, you know, it, it was predictable. I knew he was coming there for a specific reason. I mean, the way they set it up, and again, if they had more than five episodes, maybe they could have hidden this a little better. But the way it was set up is he shows up and then all of a sudden, a day or so later, there's an attack by Skeletor. And of course, he is a person that helps out the most to win the people's trust. It was so predictable. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is all done for a reason. And sure enough, it was. And then he sends He-Man out to uh, Snake Mountain, which I didn't understand at first. But then I noticed the motherboard um, basically hacking into Castle Grayskull, which was hilarious. <laughs> the reason I say it's hilarious is like, okay, so she has technology. And the whole theme behind the season was technology and magic, technology versus magic. And the technology was winning out for a good bit of this show. Um, Gwildor coming back. So let me talk about that. Uh, Duncan, when he went to meet Gwildor, says we had universal travels, which means the Masters of the Universe live action movie is canon to this. Kevin Smith is a genius for that. I don't know why, because Masters of the Universe movie, I know there's people who like it and people who don't. I am one of the people who loved it as a kid, and it's still a fun movie. And to bring this character back, who was basically the Oracle replacement, and they even mentioned in the um, in this how he was similar to Orko. He literally, literally was brought into the movie to be the Oracle replacement because it'd be kind of hard to... I guess render Oracle back in those days, it probably cost too much. And so they just created this Gwildor character and then forced these characters to work together. I really enjoyed it. I thought bringing him into the fold and then making this part of the canon universe was a genius idea by Kevin Smith. Great, great, great. Uh, the Tila storyline was cool. I did like the Evil Lynn storyline um, because, you know, her redemption arc. Evil Lynn has always been the bad guy in all um, renditions of the show. And she had a redemption mark where she was basically able to help Granamir, um, you know, restore himself. And he actually came at the end of the battle. He died. And there was really emotion when she died. I mean, even I was kind of like, hey, you know, <laughs> uh, the Evil Lynn storyline, especially when he called her Good Lynn, which I thought was just, you know, it was just one of those moments. It was like. Yeah, she really was fighting to redeem herself and for the Granamir to just, while he's dying, just call her Goodland. I thought that was beautiful. And then at the end, she had the, um, I forgot what those people are, the ones, the guy, the kingdom that has the, the guys that fly or whatever. I don't know, <laughs> whatever they were, but she became a part of them for her good deeds. And so I was really happy for Evil Lynn or Goodland. Yeah, what are they going to call her if they make the next, um, series are you just gonna call her lynn because she's not evil lynn anymore but i thought that was probably one of the best story arcs in there I, I really was a fan of evil lynn um her character and her redemption arc i thought that was a great idea one of the things i found very confusing is okay so in the cartoon series he-man basically doubled as prince adam as you know he to hide his um identity but Everybody in Eternia seems to know his identity. So why does he keep switching back from Prince 
Adam to He-Man. That didn't make sense to me. I'm like, okay, everybody knows who I am now, so I'm going to just stay as He-Man. Unless the power can only last for a certain period of time or he's not supposed to. I don't know the rules behind that. But everybody knows that He-Man is Prince Adam. So there's no need for him to keep switching back and forth, in my opinion. Now, if I'm wrong about that, maybe I missed something in the show. But, I mean, when he was announcing and talking to people, it was basically common knowledge that Prince Adam is He-Man. And so he can't be. Matter of fact, when his father died, he, you know, really was trying to give up the whole, you know, being the champion thing to be the king. So everybody knows this. So why are you switching back and forth? I mean, maybe he decided... At the beginning that since he's going to be the king that he's not going to be he-man that they're going to have to do another champion or something like that and that's the case that maybe would have made sense but it really i don't know it just was very odd to me that if i'm he-man or if i'm prince adam and everybody knows my secret identity which was the whole point of me going back and forth from prince adam to he-man then you know why keep doing it that's just my opinion on that um, other things in there, uh, Skeletor, you know, he was the third villain in this, uh, series. And when I'm talking about third, I'm talking about as far as in control, um, Hordak was the main big baddie, the one who was running everything under him was motherboard. And then under, uh, her was Skeletor. So you always knew that Skeletor was going to be the main baddie by the time the uh, series ended in its typical bad guy fashion. And I guess it's a cliche at this point that the bad guys will always turn on each other. It's like all you had to do, if all he wanted to do was run Eternia, he technically was doing that. And I don't know if Hordak even cared. According to this, Hordak has basically conquered like thousands of planets so why not just leave Skeletor to Eternia because apparently that's what he wants and just be that as it may okay you know just bad guys for some reason in all these shows movies it's a cliche to this point to where they must fight (laughs) they must fight each other for whatever reason I understand that they're saying the bad guys are greedy evil they're power hungry blah 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 But if they would just work together, then good would never win in any of these shows or TV um, or TV shows, movies and things like that. But it's just a trope now that the bad guys will always fight each other. And of course they did. He ends up killing Motherboard and then him and Hordak end up fighting. And their fighting is what lost them the battle because while they were fighting each other, they were getting distracted. Tila's going on her mission, grabbing the power. And that's what I wanted to bring up too. I almost forgot. So Evelyn comes, she, she, um, you know, teleports over to Skeletor as he's transforming into the tech magic Skeletor and then slices his arm off where the staff was just to grab the staff. And Skeletor is like, well, I don't need that anymore. I'm super powered or whatever the hell he said. I thought that was hilarious. And then she kind of looks at him crazy like this dude's lost his mind and then she teleports back out so she can get the staff out to Tila. that was hilarious i mean somebody just cut your arm off and you just sit there like i don't need that anymore like bruh <laughs> i mean he would have if it was me i would have at least zapped her dead he still she still cut your arm off it was ridiculous i didn't that whole part right there was just kind of odd but you can tell 
that they only had the five episodes, so they had to rush this along in order to make the storyline what it was. So that was hilarious to me, though. Like, he, she just pops up, cuts his arm off, and then leaves just to get the staff, and he does nothing about it, once again being part of his downfall. Uh, I could have did without the whole flirting Tila and He-Man thing. I mean, I get it. They both have different things that they have to do in the storyline, but... You know, it was like, are they five at this point? You know, they why are they sitting there struggling with their feelings and all that type of stuff? That was just a B storyline. It was just very ridiculously stupid, to be honest with you. These are grown adults at this point. It'd be different if they were back like 10, 15 years old. I mean, come on now. These are grown adults. They're masters of the universe, and yet they are still flirting with each other like they're in uh, middle school somewhere. Dumb. And then finally, I want to talk about this ending. So what He-Man does is he gives up the crown, which is crazy, by the way, and decides to let the people govern themselves. I mean, has <laughs> I understand Kevin Smith wrote this, but is that really the best way? Because here on Earth, we're governing ourselves and you can see what's going on out here. It's ridiculous. This is the dumbest ending ever. Now, make no mistake. If the king and the monarch and all of that were evil people, then yeah, I could see them saying, instead of relying on the king, we need to rely on the people to govern themselves. Kind of like Gladiator. You know, Commodus was an evil dictator. He was stupid. He was a whiny little brat. I understand them giving it you know, to the Senate and giving the, uh, the Senate and all them control. He-Man... And his family ruled in peace. You know, they were good people. So why would you want to replace that with a bunch of morons who are going to be out there talking about make Eternia great again? This is the dumbest idea He-Man had. And if it's just so he can go and bang Tila. So you're telling me the power to bang Tila is more important than to stop these little eternal, Eternia Donald Trump's folks from taking over and running things. This is just, I'm like, have they seen America? You know, and He-Man has. He actually was, you know, if the canon for the Masters of the Universe movie is real, he's went to this world. This is not a good idea to give over the throne to the people. The people are morons. They will ruin things. Welcome to the um, planet Earth where we have that same problem where we have the people running stuff. And you can see how that's working out in the world, keeping us together, you know. So maybe we need a king to kind of bring it all in. But anyways, I thought that ending was just ridiculous. So all just so he can go bang Tila. He's just like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. The king, uh, I'll just be the champion. Y'all go ahead and run stuff. I'm going to go lay up in my old lady's castle. And we're going to bang all night. And sure, He-Man he Jr. will be born here shortly. So overall, I mean, I was entertained by this. Oh, and there was one other thing. So remember, this is just one of the funniest scenes in there to me. So at the final battle, everybody's, you know, battling and uh, Skeletor calls out those old school monsters to fight. So there's the one He-Man character. I don't even remember this character in the back in the days, but he looks like an elephant. He looks like he squirts water out. And so they're fighting these monsters and everybody's, you know, the other 
Masters of the Universe characters are all shooting their blasters at the monsters. Why is this hell of fish shooting water at the damn monster? I'm like, I almost died laughing. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up. This dude is actually shooting water at the monsters. This is like the most ineffective thing to do at these monsters. If the blasters aren't hurting them, what the hell does a water hose think it's going to do? to the monsters i thought that was hilarious a very funny scene i know kevin smith put that in there to make people laugh he had to he couldn't have been serious about that i mean the elephant's powers yeah shooting water at the little minions and soldiers and stuff yeah that may actually have helped in the battle and stuff like that but there is no way him that little elephant dude shooting water at these monsters i'm like come on bro really Oh my God. But um, yeah, just to wrap it up, Masters of the Universe, um, it was a great uh, season. Uh, this one is Revolution. I want to make sure I didn't say Revelation. I think Revelation was the first one. But this was an interesting setup. I like where they're going with it. I like the first season too, unlike a lot of people. Yes, I understand that there wasn't as much He-Man in the first season, but I still enjoyed it, just like I enjoyed this one. Um, Wish it was a little bit longer, but like I said, sometimes the story, all it needs is five episodes. Um, they did have a couple things that seemed rushed at times, but again, if you only have five episodes, you got to get it all done. It was very interesting. It was very fun. I love the fact that they made the Masters of the Universe live action movie as canon with this. And so I look forward to seeing another season. So hopefully we can get another season and see if they can close out this whole uh, Hordak thing. Um, again because obviously he'll come back it'll be interesting to see which way they go with it but uh, what are your thoughts did you watch this new Masters of the Universe season did you enjoy it like I did you think it was stupid as always leave your thoughts in comments below and if you want to check out any of my creative work you can hit me up at www.enigmakid.com that's www.enigmakid.com it's your boy Enigma signing off Deuces.